Autobahn, Autobahn, Autobahn. Ja. I'm Tracy Davis and my current research is on mid-Victorian liberalism and the way that Victorian uh, politically active individuals become networked globally and how a performance acuity has an impact on their political efficacy. When was the last time you felt afraid? Um, well, the, the, mm, I don't know. You don't know? Well, when was a time you felt afraid? Um, afraid for myself or afraid for someone else? Afraid for yourself. I don't know. Afraid for someone else? Um, probably when I was watching free diving in the Caribbean in May. In May, you're afraid for someone else's mm -hmm. safety or mm -hmm. life, mortality. then this is like the source you you give you let your lungs it's delegating the work of your lungs to this machine you're right. still an articulator but the machine is mm. doing the lung it's producing the tone and then you're articulating it so it's intermingling human voice machine voice mm. in a cool way mm. does that make sense what are you trying to do Kashif Powell. Hello, Kashif. What are you working on right now? Uh, so I'm a postdoc at Northwestern University, and my research is about the relationship between death, desire, and imagination in the performance of blackness. So how those three affects or forces influence the performance of uh, blackness and black performativity. Cool. Do you have any idea how you're going to die? <laughs> I a, have... A suspicion, an inkling about um, how it might happen? No, no, I, I don't. Um, I think I will probably die 
um, enjoying something. I'm a, I'm a Pisces, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that means I, I like go with the flow all the time and I like do stuff that's kind of crazy sometimes um, because that's where the flow is taking me. And, you know, there have been some sort of near death, sketchy experiences I've had, but I think whatever it is I'm doing, at least this is my hope. I hope I'll be enjoying it, whatever I'm doing when I die. right now Mary I am working on prelims so I don't have my dissertation project but my interests revolve around German media theory and gender in the post World War II period do you get along with your parents I do get along with my parents they are good people and we we get along just fine Casey Evans. What are you working on now, Casey? I am very slowly engaged in a book project <laughs> on um, that I call Re Renaissance Resurrections. Um, that's about the way in which um, after the Reformation, literature becomes a place where people can imagine their relationship to the dead. Have you ever witnessed something truly evil? Something truly evil. I've witnessed Cruelty, but I don't know about evil. Evil is such a. Uh, I when I hear the word evil, I think mustache twirling. So, <laughs> so I guess no, I have not witnessed evil. What's what is a particularly cruel act that you have witnessed or experienced? I think because I talk about and think about language so much, um, the things that are coming to mind are moments of people seeing another's weakness and seizing on it and speaking it to that person's face. I think that these moments of verbal cruelty are the ones that stand out to me. As Can you most. be specific, please? Gets a little personal. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll. 
here's a way around it. I have beautiful twin godsons. They're three years old. They love each other, but they also, in moments of resentment, somebody takes somebody else's toy car, and there's just a flash of absolute violence, just as hard as a three-year-old can smashing a car into someone else's head, into the other's head. It's brutal. Um, and then they re feel regret and they cry and say they're sorry and go to timeout and, um, and they truly regret it, but that flash of absolute aggression is really startling. So cruelty in a flash of an instant, it's a, a, in its pure, unadulterated form? Yes, exactly, an unsocialized cruelty because they're so young. Simran Bala. What's your current project, Simran? So I am in the early stages of my research, but I'm working on, broadly I work on Indian and Iranian cinema, and more specifically, I'm <clears throat> looking at government-sponsored documentary in India and Iran in the 1960s and 1970s, and experimental avant-garde art movements within that. Um, and then there's other things, but that's Do you like kids? They're okay.
Andrea Christmas, or Andy. What are you working on, Andy? Uh, I'm working on a dissertation project that studies 18th and 19th century French ballet and opera and examines the way that those arts uh, performed sexuality. And I'm tying that to sort of political histories of the revolution, uh, the French Revolution, I should say, <laughs> and uh, the ways in which sexuality became implicated in concepts of citizenship and how that was performed on stage. Awesome. When was the last time you cried? The last time I cried was about two weeks ago in Paris. Would I should you... Please. Okay. Proceed. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a personal story. Uh, That's I'm, the point. <laughs> I know. I met up with an old friend uh, from... Uh, I mean, I guess it's like... Oh, this is too personal. Okay. I met up with an old friend in uh, Paris whom I had gone to high school with. And we had a really lovely few days together. He's a male and I am a heterosexual female, I should say. He seems to be heterosexual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's always questioned. Mm -hmm. This is a great material I'm giving you. This is all. awesome. I apologize. I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, and um, we had a few days where we had a lot of fun together and caught up and things seemed to, there seemed to be some sort of spark, I guess you could say. And then he sort of abruptly told me he was engaged after we'd been hanging out together for like three days. Hmm. And I just felt that that was uh, an inopportune, it, not good timing, how about that? And yeah. I felt kind of pissed about it. Yeah. And then I was also uh, premenstrual and ended up crying about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that super personal story. Johannes Stier, and I'm working at the Department for Media, Culture, and Theater at the University of Cologne. What are you working on right now? Right now, I'm working on my thesis, uh, my dissertation about film and graphic novels um, on and after 9-11. Do you ever have a secret idea about how you will eventually die? Uh, hopefully from exhaustion of watching too many movies. <laughs> but like... Do you have like a little inclination, like this is, this is going to be how it goes, like this is going to be the end, eventually? No, actually, actually not.
Radio Studies in the Department of Radio, Television, Film. And uh, let's see, I just finished uh, a four-volume book on social history of uh, cinema in Iran from 1897 to 2010. So it's a long yeah, history. Wow. And, uh, so that's one line of work that I've that I've done. It's kind of historiography of, of media. Mm-hmm. I've also done three books on diaspora and exile, cinema and culture. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here in this conference because one of my one of my books, an accent that cinema is being used, uh, is being used in one of the seminars and the film seminars. Uh, ah. So in that book, I sort of argue that <clears throat> even though. That since the 1960s, there has been a phenomena, a, new, a newer phenomenon of uh, dispersion, um, displacement, uh, fragmentation of nations because of war and, and, uh, and globalization and technology and, 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 and so forth, so that we have actually um, um, a category of filmmakers who are in diaspora and who are not working within the mainstream film industry the way they used to in the past. filmmakers who escaped the Nazis and came to the US in the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s they were absorbed into the studio system of the US yeah. and, and they began to make what became classic Hollywood films the, the new crop of filmmakers that came to say to the US or to other countries in the, in the since the 1960s are really people who want to work independently who are work working in decentered alternative practices mm-hmm. who uh, identify themselves less as Western and more as um, Eastern or national or from the South or and they're discriminated against in the in the in the, in, in, in the West and so for the various reasons they are they don't want to assimilate as easily and as quickly as the as the previous crop of filmmakers and so uh, however, they're all very different. Who, who is I talking to about those big multi-speaker arrays? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> 
Despite all of the differences in terms of which countries they have been, they had, they came from, and which countries they settled in, and which religion and politics and so forth, nevertheless, in their films there are similarities. On three, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> And the last thing that I'm working on now is really a kind of a biographical account of my family's culture oh. uh, growing up. Uh, Which in, is where? In Iran. Iran. Uh, although I've been here in the U.S. for most of my life, I was there through high school, so I have. We had a very uh, interesting and diverse culture within the family. It was large enough, diverse enough that. And the kids are still continuing se mm. several gener generations later. So it talks about how you can talk about collectivities not just as nations and right. as diasporas, but in smaller categories, you know, like tribes, family, individuals. study media culture what's your i'm sorry repeat your name i'm iman behruzi mm -hmm. i study media culture at university of cologne uh, and my thesis is about iranian post-revolution iranian cinema the influence of political events and social transition and post-revolution iranian cinema 
Awesome. And also I'm a filmmaker, oh. documentary and short films. Cool. What's your favorite short film? Uh, you want to tell a name of a short film? Yeah, name it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember any name of the All right, I'll short I'll... films. Uh, I'll ask another question. Okay, you're going to ask another question. Um, <laughs> I like my film. Wh- my what film. is your biggest fear? Uh, as a filmmaker? In general. But sure, as a filmmaker, what's your biggest fear? Uh, as a filmmaker, the, the, the most biggest fear for me to make bad films and the audience uh, don't like my films and I, I would like always to, to, to do my best as, as, as I want. And my so your biggest fear is that the audience doesn't like your yes. movies? But uh, in my life the most biggest fear, I'm, I'm a bit shy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's the most fear for me, for example, when I sometimes language problems. Yeah. So, someone asks me a question, as you asked me, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand what you mean. Uh, it's, just, it's one of my, one of my most, yes, I can say mm. any inkling or idea about how you might die one day? Uh, that's an odd, <laughs> an interesting question to ask because I actually have been recently writing about some of my friends who have died. Uh-huh. Um, so I have reached a generation that, uh, that is, is losing some of its members, mm-hmm. uh, partly to, to natural death and partly also to suicide and other um, uh, forms of traumatic death. So I, I have actually been thinking, but not specifically. Not specifically. Uh, not specifically in terms of whether it would be a disease or whether it would be an accident or whether it would be some other thing. But yeah, what about you? Do you, do you think of death? Oh, I think about death every day, doesn't everybody? <laughs> Even in the back of your mind a little bit? When I was younger, I did. Yeah. I did, I did, and I also the literature that I read also, mostly this kind of existential literature and so forth, was, uh, was very mm. um, concerned about the meaning of life and yeah. and uh, and the absurdity of it and the emptiness of it and the, all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I worry, I worry a lot about suicide and mm. and. Uh, self-destruction this, yeah. uh, you, you know even when things are going so well it seems I, I have this desire to just Try make it not to just throw it out yeah. of the garbage it's incredible I don't know so are you in, I mean are you I, in, I mean yeah in I'm, I'm, are you in, in, no no it's just it's just amazing to me because I know that I'm not the only person that does this yes. this is such a phenomenon yeah. you know yeah. so I'm just interested to see if people have specific ideas about how that might how they might die you know even if it's not because it seems most people who, I mean, 
commit suicide have been thinking about it for a really long time. And I know no one's ever going to be like, I think I'm going to die by suicide because I thought it would be horrible and vile. But yeah, yeah, I mean, some people uh, are concerned about suicide and some people have attempted it several times and finally mm. yeah. they, they may succeed. Uh, I was just reading an account last night of a friend who apparently hadn't been talking about suicide but he was a poet and if you look mm. at his poetry right. over the years you can see that he was really sort of thinking about mm. the, the, the end and he but even the day my brother met was with him the day before that he committed so he hadn't said anything yeah, you never know so yeah who knows what you know t what's the tipping point What are you working on? I am a PhD student at Northwestern University in the English department. Uh, my research focuses on early modern London playgoing culture, and I'm especially interested in right now um, intersections between sexually violenced disease discourse and history of prostitution, especially as both of those intersect with uh, the early modern playhouse and uh, the drama of the period. Awesome. What is your biggest fear? Like, what are you most afraid of? Uh, like a possible thing that could happen or you could do or something that's just so... It's I have a this, constant thing. I have this weird, recurring, really abstract nightmare. It's not even necessarily a nightmare, but I've done something, some bad thing, that makes me feel really, really guilty and there's like no way to remedy it. Like it's this permanent thing. You, and you have no idea what that possible thing could be that's... It varies, really? it varies per dream. And sometimes there's a specific thing, but a lot of times there's like different sets of people. Sometimes it's people from my everyday life. Sometimes it's some weird, you know, made up realm of things and people. Um, but yeah, frequently it's just that, it's like the dream starts where the action has taken place like before whatever act I committed, it's taken, it's like um, the beginning of a play where the important event has happened before the first scene, is frequently mm, how it is. And things happen, in, and then, uh, yeah, okay, mm. and then afterwards, it's in medias res. And then I'm dealing with the yeah. guilt and the fact that I can't fix it, and then I wake up. <laughs> Thank you. 